Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, we are going to talk with somebody a little bit different than our normal. And what we're going to do is we are going to be able to talk with Ash Fitz. Um, you know what, Ash, do you want to be called Ash Fitz or Ashley Fitz? Your last name is, uh, I just know that you, I would just know you as Ash Fitz. That's how most people know me. So let's just go with that. Okay. Okay. Cause I know that's how most people know you. So I just, but I, I wanted to make sure I was good on that, but she is with Ohio Insurance Agents Association and she is amazing. We actually were on a really fun Facebook live back over Christmas where some women podcasters got together and uh, women in the industry. And we just got together and had a it's really just a Christmas party. That's really what it was, but it yeah. was a lot of fun. So Ash, welcome to Power Women in Insurance. How are you? Thank you. I am great. I've got my caffeine. I've been looking forward to this, you know, third time's a charm. We had to reschedule a few times, but I am pumped. I have been looking forward to this for the last month and a half. Well, good. Well, good. Well, I am excited. And when I, when I saw it pop up and I was like, yes, we're finally going to be able to get it done. So I am excited. And um, I know that you have been in the insurance industry for a while in a lot of, a lot of different facilities. Could you tell us a little bit about your history and kind of how you got into this crazy, awesome industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, definitely my boss likes to say he likes to round up on things and he's like, oh, she was in her family agency for the um, decade prior to coming to OIA. And that makes me feel like it might be true, but it just, I don't like the word decade. So yeah. makes so old. I know. Right. And I, I'm not ready to feel that way. So um, I started out in our family business right after college. Um, it was something growing up that I said, absolutely never going into insurance. You know, I only saw the boring side of it when I would go and visit my dad or my grandparents at the agency. And I just saw the paper pushing. And um, the one thing I will say before I forget this moving forward is that looking back on it now, because hindsight's always 2020, what I also saw was my dad was at every event that I had. If it was mm-hmm. soccer, he was coaching it. If it was yeah. chorus, he was there. And as a kid or even a teenager, you don't realize that. So looking back, I realized like, yeah, I saw the boring side, but I also saw my dad and everything I had going on. Um, which was very appealing once they roped me into the agency. But um, so yeah, graduated college and somebody had been retiring um, that summer. And they said, you know, since you don't have a job yet, why don't you just come into the agency with us for a year, get us through the summer. If you don't like it, there's no pressure. You can leave. Um, You know, there wasn't any forcing me to come in there. And I think that they played me a little bit because there's nothing more in life than Fitzsimmons love than a challenge. And they're like, in fact, you're probably not going, not going to like it the first year because people aren't going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to talk to, you know, me or your uncle or your grandmother or somebody else because you won't know the answers. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make them like me and I'm going to make them want to talk to me. Um, So fortunately, you know, I dove head first. I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. And I absolutely loved being in an agency and selling insurance and educating people on why they needed it and what was important. That's awesome. So, so you just mentioned your, your uncle, your dad, your grandmother. So like, is your whole family a part of this agency? 
on on one side, yeah, there was a lot of us in there. So on my dad's side, um, I was the fourth generation. It started out with his, it would have been my great, great uncle. So that's oh, where wow. it started out. And then my grandfather bought it and then he moved it into his house. He had a little office in his kitchen. Um, then they moved downtown to our office, which is still there. So I, I believe we're going on 110 years. Wow. Wow. Or that, it might be 111 now. I, I forget. I'm not good with dates. <laughs> No. Wow. I think that's amazing. So, and, and like you, I kind of grew up, my mom was um, a claims, a claims secretary at state farm for um, years. My mom passed away when she was 52. So it wasn't like forever, but I mean, it was a long career. And um, my dad was in in insurance. He was with um, in financial products and insurance throughout life. And I swore I would never be in insurance, never. And I remember my mom was like, offended like because she knew that it was a great industry she knew it was super you know stable she knew that it was it paid well she knew that it was all the things that we want for our children right as far as the fact that it has that flexibility now she was she worked for state farm and she was not on the agency side she was on the corporate side so i don't think she had the, the flexibility but she really saw with the agents the flexibility and also the drive and all that. So how did your, how did your, 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 your family, I bet they were just thrilled to be able to have you in the agency, but I'm sure they couldn't say that too loud because even me with my children, my children are 27 and 22 and I would not, they, they don't listen to my podcast anyway. So I'm just like, I would be like, if they wanted to come work with me, I'd be like, Oh, well, you know, you got to think it through whatever you want to do, babe. But inside I'd be like, yes, you know, I just think it would be so great. How did they respond when you came in? I know that you said they kind of did the reverse psychology on you though. Yeah. I mean, you, my my dad didn't hide his excitement. He was definitely thrilled. (laughs) And I mean, my grandmother loved having me there every day with her, you know, it was again, a little bit of a side note here, because, you know, I tend to go off on tangents. Um, My grandmother passed away. I mean, I say young and she was 75 or 76, but that's still young nowadays. But um, she, she was, no one knew that she had an issue. Like she was perfectly fine. Like the night before she passed away, um, she yelled at my boyfriend at the time, no, you can't lift that. It's too heavy. And then she proceeded to lift what she yelled at him for. So like, no one had any idea that she wasn't doing well. Um, so I'm so grateful looking back that I got to eat lunch with my grandmother every single day for six months before that happened. So it's, you know, another little blessing in disguise. So like, she was excited that I was there. Um, my uncle was, I think, excited that I was there, but it definitely, he was more of the boss in that situation. Like my dad treated me like an employee, but also a family member. And then, you know, my uncle really helped instill, the business side of things in me and like, no, you don't act this way. Like it really, I never walked into that agency saying like, I am the owner's daughter. I will do what I want. I I was never like that, but I also never had a real job before. Like I wouldn't consider an ice cream shop or Victoria's secret, a real job. Um, So he said, you know, you did this and think about how it might look to someone else. Um, So that was really helpful that, you know, he kind of put on the, okay, I'll take the role of giving her some direction business-wise. Whereas my dad was like, yeah, let's go see your brother's soccer game at three. (laughs) Not realizing that that might not look good to the other employees in the agency. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cause nepotism can be really hard sometimes working with family members, but I think when you do have a good understanding of what's expected of you and they 
and they, and everybody operates in a professional manner. And we know what our boundaries are, like when we can relax and be family, when we need to be able to be business driven, I think it makes it so much easier. And I know that especially in the insurance industry, lots of people work with family, lots of exactly. people. And that's like one definitely big piece of advice that if, you know, if there's any women agency owners listening to this, which I'm sure there are, but that have kids maybe coming up soon that you'd like to be in your agency, um, you have to sit down with them and instill this right from the beginning that you're not going to walk in and just take over and, and kind of set some guidelines. It doesn't have to be, you know, a hard conversation, just say, you know, you're expected to be there from these times and just consider how it looks to the other people in the agency. And you're part of the team. You're not coming in to the agency being above them. You are on their level and you need to work your way up just like everybody else. And I think that that's something that's super important because I've, I've too many times seen even some friends of mine or people I've met in the past when I was starting out, that went in the agency as no, I'm, I'm taking over and they're no longer there. So, I mean, it doesn't work out. It's in, it's all, de- it all depends on somebody's personality. It does. It does. It does. And it sounds like you guys had a really good, really good family structure to be able to, to be able to handle that kind of a situation. So I think that's amazing. And, um, and I love what you said too, that you never know kind of what things have, what, you know, how things are going to work out because you, you were able to have, like you said, lunch with your grandmother for a, for a while before she passed. And I think that's, that's awesome. We don't always know. I know that I had my, not an insurance thing, but I had my first child at 19. Well, I was a month from 20. So I wasn't like entirely 19, but I was, I was 19. And I remember thinking that that was like the end of the world and thinking that like, you know, my whole life was going to change. And it did. I, I 110% it did, but my mom ended up being diagnosed with cancer um, when I was 20 and she passed away when I was 22. So the concept that she was able to see one of her grandchildren, love on him, take care of him, have him in her life for the first couple of years of his life, I think was such a gift in retrospect. And sometimes whenever we encounter these situations and whenever things do happen, this is just my, you know, my two cents on philosophy for the day. Sorry, I was kind of going off, like you said, on a tangent. But I think sometimes we need to look back and say, how did this thing maybe that we don't think of as a, as a, as a, as a, as a positive thing, because it's not necessarily a positive thing, but how can we make sure that we see the blessings that came along with it, right? And maybe be open in the future to the, to the positivity that can come from a situation in the sense that, you know, um, we don't know what the future holds and we don't know what is coming our way. And I think as being a woman, we do set the tone a lot of times for the things that are going on around us to some degree, especially maybe if we are agency owners or if we're in a point of leadership, or even if we are in a family to where maybe people look to us for a little bit of stability and a little bit of, um, strength because women are a lot of times that foundation and that strength of a community or of a family or even of a unit of a business unit. And I think, I think when we can really take that and say, Hey, I'm really excited that I got this opportunity to blank, then we can spin a little bit of positivity and help people get through those situations a little bit better. So I'm super excited. You got that opportunity to do that with your grandmother. I think that's awesome. Yeah, there was, it was definitely something, you know, like I said, looking back on that was very grateful for, very grateful for. So, so how many years were you with your family agency? I was there for nine years, nine years. Okay. Yes. All right. So not quite a decade. No, so you're much less than a decade. It was, so you're it was close. Yeah. <laughs> so then why, what, what, what propelled you in another direction then from the insurance agency? 
Yeah. So um, I always tell people that probably one of the hardest, I don't say one of, I think that the hardest conversation I will ever have to have in my lifetime already happened when I had to sit at the counter in my kitchen and look my dad in the eye and say, dad, I'm leaving the agency. I still get choked up. Like I'm getting choked up right now thinking about it. Cause I could just like, that's ingrained in my head. Um, probably could have told him that I killed someone and we had a body to bury and he would have been okay with it. Like he was like, all right. I, I asked my mom, I'm like, should I tee this up with something a little bit more serious first and then be like, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> so that, I mean, it, that was incredibly hard because, you know, as women, we don't want to let people down. I mean, we always want to help everybody and, and do everything for everyone else first. We always put everyone else first yeah. and, it was really hard to have that conversation, but I knew that it was something I needed to do. Um, I, it, and it needed, that was my opportunity, you know, throughout being in the agency, there were plenty of people that reached out with job opportunities and they never even made me flinch. I was never thinking about, this is what I have to go do. I definitely want to do this. I wasn't looking for the next best thing. I was happy where I was. Mm. And I just had started, you know, finally finding my voice and, <laughs> Not that I ever have a problem talking, but, you know, I was saying these things online that were really resonating with people. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, why is this getting so much, you know, attention? Why is this attracting so many comments and so many people just messaging me saying, thank you for stepping up and saying that I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I was just saying what was on my mind and I don't really have a filter. So I think that that helped things too. And I made it relatable. So, you know, that started getting my name out there, which started getting me going to some conferences and some events. And then I won the national CSR of the year award with the national Alliance. And I just happened to be at a conference one time. I was the youngest person to get on our state associations board in Pennsylvania. And we had a futures conference that, um, for next gen and young agents. And I ran into my current boss, Jeff. Um, when I say ran into him, it was midnight. I was drunk. And I turned around, it was my turn to buy drinks. And I had two glasses of scotch and two beers under my arm. And I turn around, he's like, hey, Fitz, can I, can I call you that? Can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm looking at him. I'm like, right now, like it's midnight and I have to deliver these drinks. Well, he goes, just, just two minutes. I mean, and in those two minutes, apparently I sold him on, we need to hire this girl. Um, and he just said, you know, if you weren't in an agency, what would you be doing? And I just said, I'd be helping agents. I said, I get so much joy out of helping clients, but there are so many agents out there that really need help that might not recognize they need help. And then I could be helping 10 times the amount of clients I'm helping by helping agents help their clients. So, you know, three weeks later, he called me up and offered me a job. And I just knew I'm like, listen, if you want to try something different now, this is it. This is your calling. And I just had that gut feeling. So here I am in Columbus, Ohio. I picked up, packed all my stuff up, left Scranton, Pennsylvania, where I had been for the first 30 years of my life and moved to Columbus where I knew no one for a wow. job um, that actually, ironically, ended up being directly across from the apartment that I leased sight unseen. So I oh just walked to work, which is wonderful. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Yeah. So how has that experience gone? Like you said, you didn't know anybody. You left a very comfortable, encouraging environment where you were with your family to a, a, a totally different job, totally different environment, totally different state. You didn't necessarily know anybody with a totally different job description. That would be terrifying. <laughs> yes, it definitely... 
I will say um, I came in at a time of a lot of transitions here at OIA, things we were doing project-wise, um, new people, new efforts, and things that were being started. So my first year, it was a little bit tough trying to find where do I belong? I'm not sure right. you know, where I really fit in. I had projects that I was working on. My biggest take on was starting peer exchange groups. And I did that. We got groups up and running, which was awesome. But then I was trying to figure out, okay, well, do I belong on the sales side and selling our products that we've created, our benchmarking reports, or do I belong on the consultative side, um, which I knew that I could go into agencies and help with their agency procedures and those types of things, but not too many agencies were necessarily looking for those. So when the consultation side, we were focusing on perpetuation planning and I really didn't fit there. So I was, mm. I was doing a lot of great things, but in multiple different areas and didn't have a set goal other than peer exchange. Yeah. So again, you know, you look back and things happen for a reason. I don't want to say that obviously I'm not glad the pandemic happened, but I'm finding a ton of silver linings in the pandemic. Yeah. And it really forced our entire organization as a whole to focus on what we're good at and focus on what our clients need right now. So in a long roundabout way, the pandemic forced me into my new role, which is um, director of professional development. And I'm absolutely loving it. I mean, I'm helping agents on a daily basis. And it even people are like, oh, well, it's just professional development. Well, yeah, it's just professional development, but this gets the conversation started for all of the other things I like to do. So it gets me in the door and then they have, oh, well, can you help me with this? And can you help me with marketing? And I'm just, it's really great for me because people are coming to me for one thing and ending up with so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it opens the door for so many things. What have you found that most people want? I mean, what, I mean, where have you found the most frequent conversations that you've been able to have with agents, especially I would, and I know that you said that like during COVID and all that with the pandemic and things have totally shifted, but I would think even those conversations would have shifted. Like maybe the conversations you had before the pandemic are different or even maybe of a different focus than the conversations you're having today. Have you seen that change with an agent's perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say a lot of the conversation shift has been on um, agency procedures, working from home, remote work. How do I document this? What are the proper steps? I mean, people aren't thinking about, okay, so now I'm giving somebody a computer and a laptop or whatever to take mm -hmm. home. Um, you know, is that covered away from the premises? And they're, like, they're just looking from a coverage perspective too. Right. And then of course, like, cause I never shut off in my brain. I'm like, okay, well, I hope that you don't have, you know, clients coming to your house. Cause if they slip and fall on the sidewalk, you know, who's liable. Yep. So, um, so they're really just talking about, okay, what exposures am I maybe missing out on? Because they've got 20 million other things on their plates. All they want to make sure is that their employee can work from home, yep. but they're not thinking about all of the extras, which is fine. We get it. And that's what your association is for. We are here to get you the answer to anything that you need. And I always tell people, if we can't get you the answer, which 99% of the time we can do it in-house, if we can't, one of us has a contact across the country right. that can do it for you. So, I mean, it's, it's so important. People always say, you know, what's the value of an association? I think we're invaluable at this point because we can do absolutely whatever you need, as long as you know what you need. Like if you come to us, we can get it for you. Oh, I think that's awesome. Have you guys seen people really embracing those tools that you guys have been able to give them with, with everything going on? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a shift that's going to happen within our association where, you know, in the past we have 
some amazing company partners that join us. And obviously we do some promoting of their products. Um, and I, I would vet them. You know, we wouldn't just take them on and say, great, you're a company partner. We would make sure that it's something that we think fits the majority of our constituency. Uh, but I think now where we're going to shift is rather than having somebody come to us and say, hey, I need a new website and then sending them off to five different websites. I'm so familiar now with, you know, Forge 3 and Advisor Evolve that I can pitch their pitch their products for them and I can kind of get an idea of the profile of the agent that fits them and direct them in the right way. So because I've, you know, become so knowledgeable on that, I'd like to start doing that with some of our other company partners. So I don't mm. have to be just the middleman. I can say, no, I know that Rocket Referrals is the fit for you or Ask Nicely is the fit based on, you know, integrations. And I think that that's where typically... I don't want to say we dropped the ball as an association because we're not dropping the ball. We're still knowing the product, but we don't get into the, you know, into the weeds with it. So I want to be able to say, yes, this, this integrates with Vertifor and Hawksoft and you can do it. Absolutely. So I think that that's something I'll really be focusing on based on, again, the conversations I have with agents. We are here for them. We are their trusted advisor. So whatever they need, I will make it happen. I love that. I love that. Cause I agree with you. I think sometimes a lot of People think that resources means just throwing names at you or contacts at you and not really taking into consideration how does it really work with your with your other systems and how does it really work within your operations and your your, your business structure? Because some some agencies have gone more virtual than with a virtual fo- focus than other agencies are still very much not in any way, shape or form, you know, and uh, some are paperless and well, most are paperless, hopefully at this point. But, you know, there's still I know there are still agencies out there that are not, you know, and I think it's really, really cool that you guys are listening to the culture and the environment that the agency is coming from to be able to be consultative and how you guys are approaching growth and helping them to get the resources that they need. Because, you know, throwing eight, eight, eight options at me, but only one integrates with my management system or, you know, only one of them is going to work in a certain environment that we have because maybe we have a CRM system that needs to talk to my my management system. And then I want to be able to have a review system. And then I want to have a, you know, but having something that works together with that platform is really, I think, where a lot of agents get really frustrated. And I have the conversation with my husband all the time. I'm tired of thinking of the questions to figure out what I don't know. And I am so tired of getting, you know, 60% in on a project and then having somebody go, oh, I, but wait, this isn't going to work because now we've hit this roadblock. And, and a lot of people just throw their hands up and they go, oops. And I'm like, no, we are 60% in, we are pushing forward. We're fixing something, we're doing something. And then sometimes I feel like I'm the one that has to actually go and I don't know how to put it, like, like figure out how to make the other 40% work and having that partnership with you guys, I'm sure helps to be able to alleviate a lot of that stress. Cause that's really, I think that's honestly one of the most stressful parts of being an agency owner is feeling so lost in that conversation of not knowing how to overcome the things that I don't even know are to be overcame. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Exactly. And, and I think I, I value the fact that I got to spend the first decade of my life in an agency helping clients. And I mean, again, it all comes down to personality. Like I'm the type of person that wants to bend over backwards for anybody and help them and do whatever I can. But, you know, you wouldn't get through 60% of an application and then look at a client and be like, oops, this isn't going to work. Sorry. And you wouldn't send the client, you know, just a 1-800 number when they have a claim and they come to you looking for advice and direction. And you're just like, here's the 1-800 number, do it. You wouldn't do that. So okay. I think, you know, having that ingrained in my head, I'm not going to do that to an agent. I'm not going to be like, all right, here's three links to a website, go figure it out because they don't have time. It's, that's not their job. Their job is to educate and provide coverage for their clients, not to figure out which um, CRM they should be using or which agency management system they're using. That's where we come in and we really say, here, we can get you to the next level and make your lives easier. Yes, it's going to take some hard work. If it's plug and play, that should probably be like a little bit of a red flag. There should be some work that you have to do to it. Yes, it should be smooth, but you can't just set it and forget it with anything in insurance. If you want it to work for you, you need to make it work. True, true. But I think we're all kind of looking for that magic pill sometimes. The thing that's yes. going to be simple, easy, and it's going to make all of our business just come into place. And I think we've heard enough on, um, you know, on on uh, gone to enough conferences or whatever. Like, oh, this made the biggest difference. This was the key that made the difference. No, there's not one key. Exactly. There's a whole key ring full of keys because there are doors at every single turn. And um, I think sometimes we get really uh, frustrated because we're looking for that magic, that magic diet pill, right? That we're just gonna like magically lose 50 pounds on, you know? We don't have to stop eating, you know, Big Macs or something. I don't know, you know, but we do, we have to do the hard things to be able to achieve the hard goals, but that doesn't mean they need to be more complicated than they have to be. And so, I know that people are super excited that you guys are on that journey with them. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, you just hit the nail on the head with like, you go to the conference and you see the next shiny thing. I don't remember what agent said this to me, but it makes perfect sense. I've never seen a demo I didn't like. So it's like, you know, you need to stop and just really, if, if you're going to go and do this on your own, fantastic. I think you, everyone should do that. I mean, you should be doing a little bit of research for things that you need, but don't just say that's an amazing demo. Let's go for it. Like you need to do a little bit of work and reach out to people that are on it, reach out to your associations and say, Hey, have you heard of this? Are they a company partner? Did you vet them? Because there's a lot of amazing demos out there. I mean, I can't tell you how many like workout apps that I've watched demos on and I've paid for and I've downloaded and I look at my bill and I'm like, Oh my God, I paid that for this. And I haven't done it once. Like I get it. It happens everywhere in life, but yeah, you will never see a demo in the independent insurance realm that doesn't look flashy and amazing and look like it's going to solve all of your problems. Yep. Yep. I go to a conference sometimes and if I I pair up with somebody and I tell them, I know that they put the alcohol on the 
with all the tickets that we get on the other end of the vendor area, but I need you to make sure that I get all the way through and I do not stop off at 18 different booths because I love bright, shiny things. And I love things yep. that are going to promise that they're going to, you know, deliver me the world and I'm going to have to do nothing for it, you know? And I love that concept, but the last year or two, I've really had to go back through and look at my tech stack and look at my business and look at my operations and my systems and say, we need to scale back and pair back where we are not getting the value or the benefit, or we're just not using it. We haven't taken the time. Maybe, you know, and here's the deal. They're still going to be there tomorrow. Exactly. Please go back, you know? Exactly. And I think we, we get ourselves in these situations to where you know, we're leaking out the back door so much money and subscriptions to things that we don't know or use. And then we're so overwhelmed by the time that it's going to take for us to figure them out that we just, it's kind of like that we just stick our fingers in our ears and ignore it, you know, but then we just have money running out the back door and systems and operations that don't work. And, and we overcomplicate it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of technology out there that if you are the type of person that has the time and capacity to be able to really utilize it in your agency, fantastic. Go for it. But like I said, you have to put the work into it. But, you know, 80% of our constituency here in Ohio and the same thing, you know, when I was in Pennsylvania, so I'm sure it's, you know, many associations across the country are the third, fourth, fifth generation family retail operations that are, you know, maybe one to 10 million book of business wise, like, you know, smaller agencies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, don't overcomplicate it. You can go to these conferences, get very overwhelmed, come home, buy five different things, and you don't need those things. Like you need to, you need to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. Start. Do you have a website? Do you have, you know, accessibility outside of the hours of nine to five? Because claims don't just happen between nine to five. People need to contact you beyond that. Um, you know, just simple. Like, did you claim your Google business listing? I know it sounds silly. And I know probably a lot of people listening are just going like, yeah, right. Like, of course, everyone does. They don't. So it's yeah. just it's just such simple things that you need to start with before you're like, yes, I need to go by Salesforce. Like <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by Salesforce and I'm good with technology. So yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really also staying on top of it too, because you talk about Google, my business listing, you know, if if we don't go check it out, we don't realize if it gets suspended or, you know, things like that. So sometimes it's also keeping up with what it is that we have going on because, you know, Salesforce comes out with new things all the time or whatever it is that our, our platforms are, we might spend that time on it, but then also we need to make sure we keep up with their updates and their, their improvements and things like that. So I know they call you the Beyonce of insurance and I'm super, how did you, how did you get that name? I'm totally fascinated by that. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad because I wish it was a better story. Everyone always asks me like, it's going to be some really cool story, but really I gave it to myself one day because I was on LinkedIn and I was, you know, it was right when I don't even think like I was really posting a lot on there yet. I just kept seeing, you know, producer, um, agency owner, CSR as the titles. And I thought insurance is is boring enough. I want to do something fun. I want to make my name stand out just because to make insurance, you know, appealing and, and have somebody stop and be like, well, this is an insurance agent. Maybe if not even in our industry, like why does this person have Beyonce of insurance? And maybe it would get me some business. But I mean, there was a little bit of thought behind it. I didn't just pick her for any reason. Like I could have picked Madonna or Lady Gaga. Um, but, you know, Beyonce is such an advocate of 
female empowerment. I mean, yeah. she does a million other things, you know, she's advocated for like clean water and, and all of these other things, but she is just such an advocate for women. And I absolutely love that. And then on top of that, regardless if you like her or not, you know who she is. Yep. It's a name that's out there. And I mean, that's really what I wanted to do with that is become an advocate for women in the insurance industry. I had plenty of experiences in the first you know, year or two of being in insurance where I walked into a room that was all agency owners at a conference. I didn't belong at this conference, but my dad let me go anyway. And I walked in with, you know, my backpack that weighed 90 pounds. I felt like I was like the seventh grader walking into the high school lunch for the first time. <laughs> and this group of women in the back, I see them. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to gravitate to them out of the 200 men that are in here. And they all just kind of got very catty and whispery and like all turned their heads. And I thought, oh, well, is this how it's going to go? So I made, you know, I made a lot of friends there. I made a lot of connections and I realized we need to empower and uplift each other in this industry, not shut them out and not be afraid of the new young person that's coming in. Yeah. Like, okay, what are they going to do? Take business from you? So what if they do? If they take business from you, then guess what? You were doing something wrong in the first place. Yeah. That's what I always like, you know, stop being so wounded when you lose a piece of business and, and take it as an opportunity to figure out what you did wrong and what you could have done better and why did they leave? But um, that was another side note there. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I really wanted to start getting out there and meeting other women in the industry, connecting with them. Um, you know, I have a monthly women's group where we just get together and talk about issues that we're having or talk about issues that you're having in life. Cause you know, we balance a lot of stuff. Yes. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, this industry is, you know, affectionately referred to as pale, male and stale. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not stale or male, but I will never be tan. So I've accepted that I will always be pale, especially not in Ohio. I seriously, <laughs> yeah, my Irish heritage just doesn't let me, I get freckles. That's about it. But you know, these, these women, I just want to help them find their voice. Cause yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I've had people message me and be like, you know, I, I've said something in a meeting that you have said before, and my boss shut it down. But then my boss came back to me two weeks later and said, did you see Ash Fitz said this? And they said, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. They're not blaming that on me. They're just saying, how come they listen to you and not me? Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is you just need to start owning it. There's no magic pill. Like you said, there's no light switch. You need to be confident in the fact that you know what you're doing and you're doing the best for your client or your employer or your agency or your family. And you need to own it and step up and say, this is what we have to do. And once you get, you know, a few of those under your belt, it starts to come more naturally. And when people do say no, it doesn't affect you as much. Right. Um, so if, if anybody listening to this is waiting for that sign, that, that sign that says like, I can do this, here's your sign. You have a voice, use it. I don't even care if you message me first and say, here's what I want to say to somebody message me. And I will tell you it's amazing. And I will pump you up and you can go and do it. Cause that's, that's all it really comes down to, you know, don't ever be afraid that you're copying from someone. Cause guess what? You probably are copying from someone not intentionally, but like, we're not reinventing the wheel. Right. Right. There's so, nothing really new under the sun, but it's the people that take responsibility. And we talked before this actually started that one of, I think the things that I think we're seeing is more women stepping up into leadership roles. It's not that women haven't been in the insurance industry. Women have been so much the backbone of the, of the insurance industry for so many years, but they're really stepping forward. I think a little bit more. And instead of saying, 
you know, very quietly, this little idea over on the side. And maybe it might be nice if we might be able to politely be able to say, we're seeing women come up a little bit more and say, hey, I've got an idea and it's worthy and it's great and let's do it. And it's that leadership role, I think, that we are seeing an increase in. I'm super excited for, but it's also one of those things I want to encourage with women too, that instead of sitting in the back of the room, being the caddy, being the clicky, being the clubby, being the the mean girls, right? Rather than doing that, really embracing being whole, being, you know, leaders in our industry and forging relationships forward that empower not just women, but everybody in the industry, because men and women are a yin and a yang. They have really strong qualities on both ends. They're, they create a complete voice. And what we need to do in the insurance space, in my opinion, is make sure that women are present to be the other side of that balancing complete voice that I think is so important in the insurance space. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, I love everything about that. And I mean, you, you said like women stepping up into leadership roles. And I think it's important. We talked about this earlier that the CSRs really are the backbone of the insurance industry, because think about, you know, somebody brings a piece of business in the door and then it's the CSR that is handling that account afterwards. They're the ones that are building the relationship. They're the ones that are getting called on when there's a problem. And I think a lot of times the CSR in that position doesn't realize the value that they bring to the agency and that they really are such a pivotal piece. I mean, if, if you're in a, you know, larger agency or even a small one, take a piece of, take an endorsement to your principal and say, Hey, do you know how to do this endorsement and see what happens? Cause odds are, they're probably like, no, can you show me? Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. You're just in two different roles. So I think, you know, as a CSR, you can go and be that producer. You have the relationship skills to do that. And I don't think that a lot of them even, think in their head that that's a possibility, but it is. And, you know, if, if your agency producer or your agency principal isn't open to having that conversation, then sweetheart, you're in the wrong place, get out of there and go be the kick-ass agent. You know, you can be. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And be, be our own advocate. Just like you said, go find a place where you can just really shine, you know, be our own advocate. My daughter's dyslexic. And it was one of those things that she learned really, really well, really strong, really early on was to be her own advocate. And I've watched that through her. And it's really one of those things that as a woman, I've been able to say, Hey, I'm going to advocate for myself a lot more. And, and I don't know if I would have really gotten that perspective as much if I would have watched her in that process. Um, but women, I think is so important for us to stand up and be that self-advocate, even if it's just within our own office, if it's within our own space, if it's in education, if it's in teaching, you know, um, I know that with my team every year, I'll, and I need it more often than once a year, but I ask them, what are your goals for the next year? And how can I help you to be able to achieve those? And we break it out by personal and professional goals. And, um, you know, I had one this past year that was like, I want more education. And, and I said, all right, let's do it. You know? And I love that she self-advocated for that. You know, she said, I want to learn more. I don't want to just do the web CE stuff. I want to really take a class. I want to dive deep. I want to get into a topic. And I love that she really stepped up and was a little bit more of that advocate to not just keep her license valid, right? But it it was more along the lines of getting the education of things she was really, really interested in. And and I love that stepping up to the plate and taking that that self-advocacy role 
because I think that's where we as leaders really are going to be able to shine and, and help other women in the insurance space. I'm smiling because I think I'm going to take your clip that you just said that she said about, I don't want to just take web CE. I want quality education. And I'm going to use that on our website because that's like what it. I've been, you know, I don't get me wrong. I've sent people to web CE that were in a bind that needed the last minute stuff. Right. And you know, that's web CE is great for that, but people say, well, how come I can get 24 credits for $15 or whatever over here? And you know, your three hour course is, is $25. And it's like, because we're putting a lot of time and effort into creating quality CE. I mean, my courses, I've got, um, I just built one out on uh, the cannabis industry and it's like the blunt truth about cannabis in the insurance industry. (laughs) And I did uh, TikTok trends gone wrong and how like TikTok trends can affect your home and auto policy. So it's like, we're taking the time to do the research and build out these quality education courses that you can then take back and use as examples in your agency. And I think that that's really where the education portion provides value is that it's giving you a conversation and a way to build a relationship with your client. When you say, Hey, I see you have a 16 year old driver. Did you know she's probably on TikTok? Did you know that there's this trend that kids are all doing now that, you know, they get out of their car and dance with it. Like, and it might bring a red flag to a parent to be like, no, I didn't know that. And it opens up even more conversations at home. Like the benefits of being able to effectively communicate with your clients are just like so, so great that uh, it opens up so many doors. And I'm hoping that I can help and open up some of those doors with our courses. Well, I love that. And I love the focus that you're taking too. So, cause I mean, I, I create videos, but I think they're kind of a little bit boring and stale sometimes. And I'm trying to find a way to make them fun and interesting. And occasionally I do it. And those are the ones that everybody really engages with. And those are the ones that are fun, but I'm just like, I, I have a hard time being that creative all the time, you know, but I love that you guys are infusing that too. So I think that's fabulous. And into the, in, the age, the, the agent education and really reaching out to their clients. So Well, Beyonce, this has been Fabo. I absolutely love talking with you, Ashley. You have been awesome. And I would love to have you on again, bring you back in and talk a little bit more too about these education opportunities that you guys are providing and how they're really benefiting the insurance space. I think that would be a really good conversation. We've already kind of started it, but I would love to be able to dig a little bit deeper. But if people want to get in touch with you, how would you like for them to be able to get in touch with you? Yes, I would say so. I have an Instagram, which I feel like I just kind of like deleted all of the photos off of it and started fresh again. So I feel like people think that they're going to see a lot of insurance insight on there. You're not. You'll see that in my stories, not in my pictures. So I would say definitely message me on Instagram. That's where I am the most. It's A S H H underscore F I T Z. Um, or you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will say I'm a little bit slower to respond on LinkedIn, but it's under <laughs> Ashley Fitzsimmons. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I really, really appreciate you. I appreciate your getting out there and being an advocate for women in the insurance space. And I love that you're on the state association side. I think that's awesome. And being a strong woman voice in that space. So everybody, this is Ashley Fitzsimmons, the Beyonce of insurance. Please make sure you do look her up, follow her on all the social media. And if you're in Ohio, I know that she would love to be able to connect with you and help you to be able to grow your business through all the awesomeness that she brings with OIA up there. So Ashley, thanks so much for joining us today. And I greatly appreciate you and your time. Yes. Thank you so much. And I appreciate everything you do for women in this insurance industry. 
Well, thank you. Everybody, this is the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We do have a new episode every single Wednesday. Make sure that you subscribe so that you can hear all the amazing stories of other women who are being bold, getting out there and building a better industry for our future and for our, our, our future generations of insurance professionals. Everybody, have a really great week.